Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mula sa Quezon City, ako si Trisha Aquino para kay Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. It's Labor Day and millions are still dying every year because of the dangers of their work. But there's a new threat to workers, one that you're probably already familiar with. Protesters in Venezuela are being run over by military trucks, as opposition leader Juan Guaido called on people to take to the streets and oust President Nicolas Maduro. It's been six years since the collapse of the Rana Plaza in Bangladesh, which killed over a thousand people. Back home, office buildings are being threatened by strong earthquakes. We'll discuss the International Labor Organization's push for universal employment injury insurance. A new Facebook is in the works. We'll give you highlights from Mark Zuckerberg's speech at their tech conference yesterday. These are our headlines for today. I'm Trisha Aquino, Puma Podcast. Each Labor Day, we examine the condition of workers all over the world. Did you know that 2.8 million people are killed by occupational hazards every year? And hundreds of millions of others more are injured while doing their job. While new technology is being developed to assist us in our work, the very same automation is bringing about even more unsafe modern working practices. Here's International Labor Organization's Manal Azi. She's an occupational safety and health specialist, and she speaks in an interview with UN News. Two things. So we're working towards longer hours because of this increased connectivity. So different people work through various media, including phones, laptops that you can carry everywhere, uh, internet that now is available for everyone, global phone calls, Skype calls that make people need to be reached at all times. We, for example, work with countries in the Far East, countries in Latin America. So we are on call, sort of. Unless we're sleeping, we're on call. As he says, there's an undeniable effect on workers' mental health. It is a huge issue. Well, effect is on work-life balance, effect is on mental health because there's no downtime. People are continuously requested to deliver more and more. They have no time to rest mentally, health-wise, or have other occupations or have time to have any pastime uh, plans. ILO says the sedentary office life is also making women more at risk for cancer as well as respiratory and heart diseases. At home, they're also expected to care for their families, leaving them unable to exercise. Because of climate change, workers in agriculture and construction are also forced to endure high heat and air pollution conditions. 17 out of 18 Filipino workers are vulnerable to these occupational safety and health hazards. Most of them come from small businesses and the informal economy. An uprising is underway in Venezuela, as opposition leader Juan Guaido yesterday called on people, especially the military, to take to the streets and oust President Nicolas Maduro. 
hoy como presidente encargado de Venezuela, legítimo comandante en jefe de las Fuerzas Armadas, convoco a todos los soldados. That was Guaido's call to the Venezuelans posted on his Facebook page in what he called the last phase of Operación Libertad. Guaido is the head of the Venezuelan Congress, and he declared himself president in January. CNN reports he has promised a transitional government and free elections to end Maduro's regime, during which the once wealthy country descended into economic collapse. While protests are frequent, reports say this is different in that Guaido was seen flanked by members of the armed forces, a signal that some of them have defected. But there are still those who are loyal to Maduro. At least one armored vehicle was seen running over protesters in the capital of Caracas. It was at that moment that CNN was taken off the air by the Venezuelan government. The BBC was also taken off the air. Thousands responded to Guaido's call. So far, more than 70 people were injured in clashes in Caracas. Hours later, Maduro declared the coup d'etat defeated. Samuel Moncada, Venezuela's representative to the UN, had this to say to the media. The constitutional government of President Nicolas Maduro with the support of every state democratic institution and Venezuela society in general, has defeated a new attempt by foreign powers to provoke confusion and disorder in the national territory. Venezuela is in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, with the United Nations reporting a quarter of Venezuelans needing assistance. Millions of children are malnourished and have stopped schooling. People are unable to access clean water. Researchers at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine say the country's health system has broken down. With severe shortages of medicines, health supplies, and food, together with the spread of epidemics. The International Organization for Migration says the crisis has led to the largest exodus in Latin America's modern history. An estimated 3.7 million Venezuelans are now outside their country. On April 24, 2013, one of the worst industrial accidents occurred. The collapse of Rana Plaza in Bangladesh killed over 1,100 garment factory workers. That was after their managers ordered them to keep working, despite cracks showing up on the building. In the aftermath, more than 200 clothing companies like H&M and Zara signed agreements on worker and building safety. It led almost 2,000 factories to provide safer environments for 2.5 million workers. But the contracts will soon expire and will be handed over to the Bangladesh government, which is hounded by issues of conflict of interest. 10% of its parliament own garment companies. Here in the Philippines, we are already seeing some of our BPOs making the same mistake. During last week's magnitude 6.1 earthquake, there were reports that workers were not allowed to evacuate. Instead, employers insisted they continue working. ILO is now partnering with governments as well as employers and workers' organizations to establish Universal Employment Injury Insurance, or EII, to include prevention, compensation, and rehabilitation of occupational hazards. Here's a clip from the ILO about its advocacy. The cost of work accidents to the world economy amounts to $2.8 trillion a year. This simply cannot go on. It's high time every country in the world started upholding workers' rights to employment injury insurance. 
Multinationals and buyers fear for their reputation if found selling goods made by workers at risk. Consumers are also increasingly keen on wearing ethical clothes. All this is a start, but the push needs to continue until every worker has the social security they're entitled to. If all employers contributed 1% of total wages to a national insurance fund, says ILO, it will already be enough to take care of medical needs if an accident does happen. Victims will get compensation and the company, no matter how big or small, will avoid possible legal action or bankruptcy. What's more, worker productivity, investor confidence, and labor relations will all improve. As Facebook grapples with government investigations, the spread of fake news, and politically motivated disinformation, CEO Mark Zuckerberg has announced an overhaul of its platform, one that's anchored on privacy. Here's Zuckerberg speaking yesterday at FB's annual technology conference. We need that sense of, of intimacy more than, more than ever. So that's why I believe that the future is private. The next chapter for Facebook, he says, is a digital equivalent of the living room as opposed to the town square. And the change begins with Messenger. Messaging, make it as secure as possible with end-to-end encryption, and then build more ways for all of us to interact privately on top of that. And end-to-end encryption prevents anyone, including even us, from being able to see what you share on our services unless someone in the conversation chooses to share it. Zuckerberg says Facebook will be replumbing its infrastructure to ensure that they stick to this vision of simple, intimate spaces where you're sure what you say and do is private. Services will also be built to reduce permanence. That means content won't stick around forever. So we're not going to keep around your messages or stories for longer than is necessary to deliver these services or longer than you'd want. Finally, he promised secure data storage. We're not going to store sensitive data in countries where it may be improperly accessed, either because there's weak rule of law or because a government might try to forcibly get access to your data. And that's today's edition of Puma Podcast. For the latest episodes, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maraming salamat po. 